There are those adoption shows where people go through the whole process and at the end they either decide to go through with it or not go through with it. And if you notice at the end of the shows, if there is a reversal, the prospective adoptive parents are no longer part of the show. It's the TMI Project Podcast, a series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. I'm your host, Eva Tenuto. This is Season 3, Stories for Choice. Before we get started, just want to let you know that as the TMI implies, some content might be too much information for some listeners. And remember, your support keeps our content free and accessible to everyone who wants to listen. So if you like what you hear and you're able to chip in, you can do so at tmiproject.org, where you'll also find some really great merch. Either way, thank you. We are so glad you're listening. Let's dive right in. Choosing to adopt a baby is a challenging decision, and going through the process is sometimes even more difficult. Crystal and her husband are thrilled to have found a baby. They have committed to this life-changing decision, decorated a nursery, installed a car seat, stayed at the hospital during the birth, and even fed the baby. However, the reality is that no matter how committed they are, the choice is not theirs to make. Stay tuned to hear about what happened to Crystal shortly after she shared this story. That in and of itself is another story you don't want to miss. Here's Crystal. Word one, they've, they have, they, the nice young college couple, her from Japan, him from Taiwan, are international students at a small upstate liberal arts school living in dorms. They are unexpectedly expecting, but don't call the agency until she is six months along, scared and confused, unable to tell anyone what has happened in a foreign country as students. They meet with the caseworker, look through a stack of profiles that match their preferences, and choose us because they want the baby to live in the country. Plus, we just look nice. They, who we wait anxiously for, as they both go home to their families for the winter break, her hiding under large sweatshirts, us wondering if they'll tell, if they'll change their minds, if they'll come back at all. They, who our Korean friend assures us can never tell their families because of the culture, because of the shame. They, who send us medical records and family histories that we pour over, each doctor visit and sonogram like a breadcrumb. They, who we meet at a coffee shop with the caseworker, are adorable and young, so young. They have been dating for years, but can't tell their families back home. She has been very sheltered. Her father doesn't even know she's dating. We get the impression that they are from very wealthy families and that things like this just simply do not happen. They, who want us to be there, call the caseworker when contractions start, tell us to get in the car and come. They, one of whom we sit with in the waiting room, talking about their families, their hobbies, their plans, and Jeremy Lin. He loves Jeremy Lin. 
It is the height of linsanity. They, who hand us the baby, smile with us to take pictures, talk with the nurse about feeding, health, and care. They, who sleep all of the following day while we sit in the family room of the hospital with the baby, name her, hold her, feed her, change her, send photos to family and friends. They, who only come in to visit us all in the evening, both disheveled and her still in pain, to discuss what time we will sign the paperwork with the attorney the next day before she is discharged and we take the baby home. Word two, decided. They've decided. That night, they decide to do what they had said was not doable. They call their families. They decide to tell them. And that is the last decision that any of us make. They are told to stop, to send the nice people away. Their families are coming. The not doable is done and now is undoable. We arrive at the hospital the next morning and are stopped at the door. They've decided. Words three and four. To parent. They've decided to parent. To change their minds. To keep the baby. To move out of the dorms. To become adults. To leave the country. They've decided to parent to make us drive home with an empty car seat to a house with a newly remodeled bedroom and baby supplies where family is waiting for our arrival. They've decided to parent, to destroy our plans, to erase our future, and to devastate our lives. We got a chance to catch up with Crystal recently, and here's what she had to say. At the time that I did the workshop, the experience with the adoption reversal was still pretty raw. It had happened a year before, but in that year, I had really struggled. I went through a pretty significant period of depression. I actually had to resign from my job because I wasn't able to return I had just been pretending like everything was okay, right? I was under control. I was fine. I was ready to move forward. And so letting it out the first time was absolutely just um, cathartic, really helped me to start processing it. I'm not sure I really had until then. By the time we performed it live on the stage, the second adoption was complete, Our son is going to be nine this week, actually. And um, we have an open adoption, which means we keep in touch with his birth parents and he's met them and we, you know, exchange letters and photos and gifts and all those sorts of things. And that's definitely been, that was the right decision. That was a little scary too, but I think that's been for the best for, for all of us to keep that relationship open and to make sure he understands his story, right? That's his story. 
he's a great kid. I think things worked out in the end perfectly. I mean, we have the child that we wanted. I believe completely that the parents of the the baby that decided to parent, I believe that probably went very, very well. I think they had a lot of support. I wasn't concerned about them being able to parent or take care of the baby. They were just very young and scared, I think, and, and changed their mind. So I feel like ultimately, I, I think it worked out for everyone. And um, I'm comforted by that. I really am. A very special thanks to Crystal for sharing her story. Next up is Stephanie, who, like many of us, spends her life trying to control her surroundings. A long labor and the home birth of her first child quickly lets her know that when it comes to having children, there is very little you can control. I'm Eva Tenuto. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is available to offer true storytelling workshops and performances for your school or workplace. This episode of Season 3 of the TMI Project podcast, Stories for Choice, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston. It was written by me and edited, produced, and mixed by Daisha Clay. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Our operations and programs manager is Blake File. Our marketing and digital coordinator is Laura Marie Ruoco. Our administrative assistant is Elijah Jackson. Our graphic designer is Lauren Gill. Our workshop leaders are Perla Iora, Kaepelie Kalnick, Haley Downs, Jonathan Gonzalez, Rain Grayson, Ray Lipkin, Dara Laurie, Micah, Julie Novak, Blake File, and me, Eva Tenuto. To learn more, support our work, and find a special writing prompt so you can start telling your story visit tmiproject.org slash podcast. <laughs>